This is PhotoBizX, episode number 551, and today, something totally different. I'm talking with a very talented, successful photographer who started the Tween Esteem Project, went on to create a non-profit around that project while continuing to run his studio-based portrait photography business. So many things to uncover in this episode, so many takeaways, so many interesting points that I learned, so I'm guessing you will too, especially when it comes to non-profits, which doesn't mean, by the way, that you can't be profitable as a photographer working in a non-profit organisation or a not-for-profit organisation. Our special guest is Josh Beaton, and he uncovers all that and so much more. That interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast-track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here, host of the Photo Biz X podcast, where I interview guests from around the world to help you build a better photography business, even faster than going it alone. And today, like I said, a special guest in Josh. Make sure, promise me that you'll go and check out the show notes and see the kind of work that Josh shoots because his portraiture is simply fantastic. The show notes this week are at photobizx.com forward slash 551, and you should if things are loading correctly, be even able to see an example of Josh's photos in the podcast app that you're using to listen to today's episode of the podcast. But if not, again, head over to the show notes or go and check out Josh's website at joshbeaton.com or the tweenesteemproject.org so you could get a better idea of the kind of photography that we're talking about. Now, before we do get into that, if you didn't catch last week's episode with Laurie Brown, make sure you get back and have a listen to that one. Laurie is a boudoir-based photographer in Canada. She doesn't shoot a hell of a lot when it comes to quantity, but her work is quality as are the sales that she's able to generate from the incredible women that she does photograph. She shares so much in last week's episode. The feedback and the comments following her interview inside the members Facebook group have been fantastic. Things like questions about Laurie's exact collections, how Laurie got on TV. Robert Thomas said he had so many wonderful takeaways and he has to listen again to write them all down and not be riding his bike while listening. Matthew Kaufman, he says he was blown away listening today. So many good things to take away from this one. And he followed up with a few questions for Laurie. And Kerry Struble, who actually recommended Josh Beaton for today's episode, he jumped in the comments and said, hey, Laurie, just finished listening to this episode. Thank you so much for sharing what you did. And he goes on to ask questions about her open rates for her weekly newsletter, which, by the way, is fantastic and we did talk about in the episode. So again, so many takeaways, so many things covered in last week's episode with Laurie Brown, in particular, her 40 over 40 project and how she generates most of her clients these days. So get back and have a listen to that one if you haven't caught that. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. I've got one quick announcement before we get into this interview with Josh, and it's all about the upcoming sales training with Audra Harris. I did mention this in last week's episode. Audra is 100% locked in for this training. It's happening 
on February 29th, 2024 at 8am Sydney local time. If you go to the registration page, which is at photobizx.com forward slash sales, you can see your local time there. Now this training like the title says, is all about selling and Audra and her team do exactly this for her photographer clients. Now, you may have heard me talking about Audra in the past because in her business, Focus on Your Photos, she looks after converting leads to clients for her photographer clients around the world or mainly around the US actually. And in addition to converting those leads to clients, she also does the sales calls for the photographer clients that want her and her team to look after that. So in the last four years, she has sold more than 5 million US dollars in both digital files and products for her clients internationally. So she knows all about sales and selling. And because she has trained staff to do exactly what she does for their clients, she has an exact process in place. And that's what she's going to be sharing in this upcoming sales training. Now, the really cool thing about this sales training is by the end of it, you'll have an exact process to follow. It's not sleazy. It's not pushy, but it is all about selling, how to sell your photography, whether it is digital files or wall art or albums that you want to sell. She's going to show you how to sell with integrity, how to sell with purpose, and how to be confident when you're selling by adopting a helping mentality for your clients. So instead of stumbling through and trying to work out what a solid process may be for you, you can go and learn from Audra and she's going to give you the exact process. So you can approach sales confidently or you can have one of your staff or your team take the training and do this selling for you. They can adopt Audra's process and implement it into your business. So you don't have to attend this training if you have a staff member or a team member that you want to do the selling for you or that's already doing the selling and you want to have them improve their processes. So I've got a ton more information on the registration page. Again, that's at photobizx.com forward slash sales. If you can't make the live training, there will be a recording and it'll live on the PhotoBizX website. So you'll have permanent access to that, all the downloadables, the cheat sheets, the slides, everything will be there in that one place. The cost of the training is 197 US dollars. It's going to double after the live training. It's going to go to 397. And and there's a special bonus if you do sign up before the live event. You're also going to get access to the pricing masterclass for photographers. This is the masterclass that was delivered by Joel Dunn. So you can have a price list that makes total sense, that is profitable, that will work for you in your business. You're going to have that included. Then you're going to be shown how to actually sell that price list by Audra. So she's going to teach you how to make the sales. But with that additional bonus course, you should be able to go into that sales training with a price list that makes total sense, that will be profitable for you and your studio, no matter whether you want to be selling digital files, wall art, albums, acrylic blocks, whatever it may be, the price list training will get you in a position to set up your price list to be profitable. Then you have the sales training to know how to actually sell the products on your price list with Audra. All in all, this is a real complete package and is perfect if you struggle to sell, you want to improve your sales, get larger sales, want to get more confident at selling or teach one of your staff members or team members to sell for you. More details at photobizx.com forward slash sales. 
You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you will not hear the full interview today with Josh. I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. The good news is... You can access the full interview for as little as $1 if you go and check out the page photobizx.com forward slash try. On that page, you can sign up for that 30-day $1 trial, get the full interview today with Josh, access the full back catalogue and the full interviews in that back catalogue, get an invite to the members Facebook group and see exactly what you're missing out on every single week. So again, more details at photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest shoots luxury portraits with an edge. And if you check out his clean but attention-grabbing website, you'll see he is one of Chicago's premier portrait photographers. His portraiture has a distinctive dark romantic look and it's easy to see why his clients would be drawn to him and his photography. Now, what's interesting about his journey is this is all relatively new. He only recently left his full-time job, has gone all in with his photography business, including taking on a lease for a brand new and large studio. Now, he first popped up on my radar when premium member Kerry Struble emailed me to say, hey, Andrew, have you heard about the photographer Josh Beaton? He has a teen-empowering nonprofit called The Tween Esteem Project. He just had a beautiful gallery show. And it's not just a portrait promotion, but rather an entire program for underprivileged teens and tweens that have self-esteem issues, struggle with bullying and addiction, etc. There's a whole self-help component that includes connecting with a mentor, social media training and more. He's actually started a legit non-profit organisation. So that's when I went and had a deeper look, fell in love with everything that I saw, reached out to Josh and asked him to come on for this interview. So I am wrapped to say that Josh is here with us now. Josh, welcome, mate. How you doing? Thanks so much for having me. Mate, does it feel all brand new still or are you like you deep in the trenches now and just like head down, bum up? Well, with the Between the Steam project in particular, we just finished, uh, like you said, we just had our gallery show at this point. I think it was about three weeks ago. So we're in this little like calming part before we gear up again next year for that. And then for my business in itself, it's all marketing, right? It's all <laughs> glad handing everyone and trying to trying to fill some spots. Unreal. So was I right in saying that this is all relatively new? The Tween Esteem project itself is definitely new. We've had it for one year. My photography business is new as my full-time gig here like i just uh, it was in february that i took the leap to give it a go you know and how are you feeling about that decision now uh, there are mornings that i hate myself for doing that and then there are mornings <laughs> that i love it so um, just like any other solo business right there's a, a sense of uneasiness especially with your first year first couple years you know just getting kind of a, a foundation built under you versus when you have a full-time job and it's just kind of like oh whatever i didn't book anyone for the last two weeks it's no big deal i have a paycheck now it's like you know i have bills to pay so i'm out there <laughs> begging and so were you part-time, you know, working as a photographer, you know, while you had the full-time job? And then did you get to a point where you thought, okay, I'm ready to make the leap or did you just take a gamble? Well, so I went to school for graphic design. So for the last 10 years or so, I've been a creative director 
And so there's a lot of photography that goes along with that job. I did a lot of video. I did a lot of photo, but I've always loved portrait photography. And so I've been kind of doing it on the side. You know, a lot of it was free stuff, you know, earlier. And then I realized, you know, that you can actually make a living doing this. So I started charging more. I got a, a smaller studio a few years back. And yeah, I just kind of slowly turn the faucet more and more and more and more until, you know, the water was warm enough that I felt like I could, I could jump in. Nice. So what got you to the point or what was the point where you thought, okay, I can jump in. And I'm curious to know if it was your photography, was it referrals? Was it what people were saying about your work or was it your marketing? Well, to be completely frank, I just wasn't happy at my job. And it got to the point where I started, you know, I, obviously I talked to my wife about this, but I didn't just come home and say, hey, by the way, I'm done. But I started really talking to myself and talking to my wife and just trying to decide how long am I going to work at a job that I don't enjoy and let what I love just be kind of an afterthought in my life, right? You get older and pretty soon you find out that you spent all those years doing something you hated. So my business wasn't ready. When I took the jump, I just, you know, jump and the net will appear. We kind of really leaned on that. And um, the net's only kind of there. So we, <laughs> we've, you know. You're still stitching it together. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, okay. So did you go into this or did you sit down with your wife? Uh, it's Danielle, isn't it? Your wife? Yes. Yep. So did you sit down with Danielle and, and say, okay, this is our target. We want to reach, you know, $100,000 in revenue for the first year or 50000 revenue. Well, we didn't know, like we knew, so Danielle has a full-time job as well. So it wasn't like if I didn't make any money, we would be out on the streets, but obviously I can't just not make money, right? Like as a one income household, it wouldn't really work. So we just talked about, we had goals more of, we want clients, right? We want to get so many clients and obviously those clients need to pay. But when I first started, my pricing was kind of... I wanted to come in at a nice, full, like good high price, right? I, I considered it a very luxury item. I wanted to come in at a high price. Well, I found that I didn't really get any clients doing that. And, and then it was that internal struggle of, well, I don't want to lower my price because I don't want to devalue the work. It's a lot harder to go from $100 shoots to $10,000 shoots versus, you know, kind of just going a little bit in the middle there. But I also had to pay bills. So I kind of played around with some things. I tried every deal under the sun, right? I've tried campaigns. I tried, I'm even doing Christmas sessions this year that I never do. And I probably won't do again. They weren't, weren't a great hit, but. I'm just trying everything and kind of seeing what sticks. I've had mentors. I've, you know, joined groups like, you know, the mentorship type groups and stuff like that. And I'm just kind of looking for that magic bullet that I know probably doesn't exist. And that it's more of just a bunch of little things than one big thing. And so I'm still kind of, you know, finding what is going to be the best, um, not so much niche for me. I kind of have my niche, but what is going to be the best way to fill that niche. Right. 
you must have some positive signs because you quit your job. You went for a small studio. Now you're into a lot. Like the listener can't see you, but you have a big space around you right now. I mean, you said before you've got room to run around. Yeah. Yeah. Frankly, it got a little overwhelming when I first moved in. Like I was telling you earlier, I moved from a 185 square foot studio where a lot of the work that people have seen on my Instagram and everything was shot in that 185 square foot studio. And then the problem was when you start offering makeup and things like that, we can't all fit in that studio. So we found out that we'd have to like rent another studio in the building for two hours to do makeup. And it just didn't make any sense. So now in this studio, we can kind of have, I say we, cause I consider my wife sort of part of the business, but really it's just me. Uh, we could have, you know, the makeup is just right to my left here. And we have a bunch of backdrops and scenes kind of set up behind me versus I had two backdrops nailed to either wall in the other studio and i would just turn around and that would be my two <laughs> my two sets so wow. it's a lot more i can breathe easier in here right so the signs must have been good to have you make that new leap yeah i think a lot of it was i didn't have the business at the time but i had a lot of people telling me that my work was great and that you know, I had, I was in no shortage of people supporting me verbally, right? Like I, <laughs> yes. I would get emails about it. it like I, it, the ego was really high for a while. And I, what I found out is a lot of that ends up just being talk. And, you know, you can tell me I'm great all you want, but if you're not going to hire me as your photographer, well, you know, thanks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's like getting a Christmas card, you know, you just, <laughs> all right, thanks for the card. But so it was, we were hopeful. Right. My wife and I, when we talked about it, we saw a lot of potential in the business. We still do. We really think we can make a living out of this and, you know, a comfortable living. And I fully believe in my work. We just, you know, I'm just trying to find that missing piece, which it's funny too, because my wife and I both come from design and marketing. She's more of the marketing and I'm designing and, and like, it should be there. We should be able to just run this business like, you know, any other ad agency would run it. And I don't know, we're still kind of trying to find our footing. Well, man, I love the fact that you're sharing this because this is real life, isn't it? I mean, you've got the images. You could sit there and say, hey, we're doing, we're doing half a million dollars here. And, and I would believe you. Anyone would when they see your work. And exactly like you said, it's not unless people are actually parting with their cash that you can say, okay, this is, this is really working. So for the listener, I mean, I, I described your work as dark and romantic, mm-hmm. uh, moody even. And I'm going to have some images accompany the audio when this goes live. But for the listener that can't see your work, how would you describe it? And who is your ideal client? Yeah. So a lot of people like to throw around dark and moody, right? But I never say that because it gets really confused with like dark and moody wedding photography, which is very different than this. I love the word romantic. You know, some people have called it like vampy. And I say, well, if it's going to be vampy, then it's more like interview with a vampire than Blade, right? There's no like blood and and all of that. But it's like, yeah, like a Victorian romantic is kind of how I think of it, right? Which doesn't mean it looks old. You know, I when, like I used to have on my website, it was called uh, Luxury with an Edge. And that's really kind of how I, I feel like it is. It's fine art enough to hang on your wall, but it's not necessarily for your grandma. You know what I mean? It's modern... <laughs> 
renaissance. Yeah, it is. I'm just making up words right now, so I don't know. Yeah, but that's right. Yeah, I would go with that. These images that I'm looking at, even on your Instagram right now, they would look you know, totally in place in any gallery. They would look amazing in the right home. But then you've gone towards a darker background as opposed to a light and airy background. It's the opposite of that. Yeah. My hero in life is Annie Leibovitz. And I don't care. Like, we can argue all day. It doesn't matter. You're going against a brick wall here. I don't want to hear it. She's just my hero, uh, you know, and so I took a lot of my initial inspiration from her and I loved like the olive backgrounds and things like that. And then I just kind of just like any anyone else when you start photography, right? You find your heroes, you kind of emulate them a little bit, and then eventually it kind of turns into your own style. You take a little from here, a little from there, and it becomes something else. So I don't think my work looks like Annie Leibovitz now. But I think if you know that she's my hero, you can see like bits in there, right? 100%, 100%. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. But you've also, you've obviously spent a lot of time learning or getting a good understanding of posing, particularly women. There's mainly women on your feed, there's some men, but you know, you look like you know what to do with the hands, how to pose the face, shape the body, do all those things. So is that something you actually studied? I did not. But I mean, I guess I studied by looking at magazines and, and but I wasn't conscious, right? I wasn't like looking saying, all right, oh, that pose is great, you know, and like cutting it out or anything like that. It's just kind of like you absorb it after a while. But what I find is when I'm doing a shoot, I don't necessarily say, all right, now put your right hand like this and put your left hand like this and your legs like this, but I'll give little tips, right? So I'll say, for instance, put your feet, your feet shouldn't be side by side, right? Pick a foot and step forward a little bit. Then you'll feel yourself kind of drop into that hip. Just let that happen, right? Now put your left hand here and now your right hand is freestyle. Do whatever you want with it. And we kind of do that a little bit. So it's not like... I'm putting them in this mold. I'm more kind of guiding them and then letting them have a little bit of say in it as well. Even the people who come in here that are like, I don't know what to do. uh, You know, they still feel like once they kind of get into a little bit of it, their inner model comes out and they start popping poses. And it's it's really great. Awesome. I love it. So who is your ideal client? Because, I mean, you could say it's glamour. You could say, I mean, it's got a boudoir feel without any of the the raunchiness. I mean, they look like... If you spoke to a boudoir photographer, I've right, interviewed a boudoir photographer, I feel like you and them would be looking for the same kind of person to attract into the studio. Yeah, I guess for me, I haven't done boudoir, but my guess is that I would look for a boudoir client that really doesn't want to take their clothes off. Yes. Right. And then like, that's okay, great. We can do that. Um, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's a good description of it is it's sort of boudoir without the nudity. Because it is that dark, romantic look that a lot of boudoir has, but it's set in a backdrop. It's not like in a in a bed or, you know, in a bathtub or, you know, the other things that boudoir does. And a lot of it is not necessarily costumed, but I have, you know, a lot of wardrobe. And here's a little side topic, like these big poofy dresses that you see a lot of the models wearing. That was a COVID project for me. And I decided to just try and learn how to sew a skirt. And so I made those. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it was. I took a sewing class just to learn the basics. And then you can find anything you want on YouTube, let me tell you. (laughs) And it's just, how do I sew a ruffle? And you just go. And it takes like 20 hours per skirt. Probably not for somebody who's really good at it. So when people get these skirts on and everything, it just kind of, it becomes... um, 
they're almost acting, right? They can be somebody else once they step onto the the stage. So I, I'm not somebody who's probably ever going to do like a raw campaign, right? Come in and just come as you are. I'll take a picture. There'll be no editing. I think that's amazing. The people that can do that. There's a lot of editing that I do, but it's not, I don't change your body, but I'll, you know, I obviously do a lot of color correcting. I do like 12 to 15 layers of color correcting, you know, so I make it that style that it is. But so to get back to your original question, the person that I guess my ideal client ends up being, I say I take everybody's photo, but it's like you said, 95% women. The guys that come in normally come in with somebody and it's a couple shoot or whatever, but it's been, I would say 30 to 45 in that age range. They seem to be celebrating something. So they could be getting married. They could be getting divorced. They could be turning 40, you know, things like that. Just kind of these milestones seem to be when people come in. I've had a few people come in and say, I'm just getting older and I want to document myself right now because this is the best I'm ever going to look right now. Right. Which whatever, that's debatable. But um, so I have I have women coming for that. And then I've, lately it's been a lot of couples. I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden I got in some couples radars. I had a couple fly in from Sweden. Wow. Yeah, it's wild. I don't know. For a while there, I was getting way more clients from out of state slash country than I was in Chicago. And I don't know what happened. <laughs> that's but so bizarre. Maybe hashtags. Was it hashtags? I don't know. Is that, I mean, is your pricing where you want it to be now? Yeah, I think, you know, you hear a lot of people talking about like the $10,000 sale. That's like the the pinnacle, right? That's where you want. And right now, I don't know that I'm really set up for that unless somebody bought like a lot of big wall art. They'd have to buy like four pieces of big wall art for me to get into that range. So maybe I'm a little low, but because my clientele isn't there right now, I'm still sort of, I mean, nothing's out of the question. You know, if you were to say, hey, I looked and you should raise them all $10,000. Okay. I mean, it's not, it's not out of the question right now. So what does the average client take home? Or what do you want to see leaving the studio after a session? Big wall art. I think that my work is best large and on the wall. Like 30 by 40? Yeah, I can. The biggest I normally sell, I have a 30 by 40 option. But they're like 24 by 36 is like the biggest that people normally would buy. And it's actually kind of rare. I have a lot of smaller things. I have a folio box. So I've sold that. Otherwise, people seem to be wanting smaller prints, which I can only talk them out of so much. So I'm trying to figure that out. That's kind of one of my you know unanswered questions right now is how to get people into this larger art which I've recently got a whole bunch on my wall now because I moved into this new studio. There was way more wall space and I had to wait a little bit to be able to put all the art up on the wall. But I have now more 24 by 36 framed canvases on the wall that hopefully people will see and it'll help sell. So good. So what's the target revenue for this 12 months? You mean from like for a yearly revenue? Yeah. Yeah, well, I'd love to break the six-figure mark. That would be amazing. Once If I do that... That's kind of a uh, great. Now we know what to do. And now we can, we have a foundation. Once I break that six figure, we have a foundation and now we can, you know, build from there. Whereas if I don't hit that 
it's not quite a foundation yet, right? We're still trying to figure out what works until we can build that six-figure foundation. Right. So if, when you say six figures, so let's say $100,000, that's a gross revenue, isn't it? Because out of that, you've got to take out the studio expenses, don't you? So that's what I'm saying is, so if you make 100, what, it's 33 for taxes. So that brings it down to like 66 or 67. Um, this is going to be real bad to show my math skills here. But oh yeah, but look, I reckon if you say 50% you take home, you're getting close. Yeah, right, right. Kind of like that, right? 50% you take home. So then it's $50,000, right? Now that's not enough to, like that can't just be what it is. But if I'm bringing in $50,000 a year, I know, okay, great. Like I feel confident that that's a, a base pay yes. that I want to make way more of, but I want to know that I can make that. Like without even thinking, I want to know that I have that coming in. Sure. That makes total sense. So, you know, when you said, you know, you're throwing things out there, you're looking for that one golden nugget, but it's probably not going to be that. It's going to be a whole lot of little things that make up the, the success. And you've tried coaching and mentors and groups. If I said to you, okay, Josh, you've got to pull one of those things away. You can't do that anymore. Which is the one that would scare you the most to lose? Was it a particular campaign? Is it a group? Is it a, a coach you've had? Um, wow, that's a great question. If I had to lose one, not just keep one, if I had to lose one, and you said what would be the, the scariest to yeah, lose? Yeah, which one would make your heart jump and go, oh, I don't want to lose that? Um, I'm looking for the one that's working the best. Yeah, well, I think so far, just networking seems to be working the best. Like, I've decided to just start going. I joined the Chamber of Commerce here and I just, I'm going to go to every single possible thing they have. I'm a member of the PPA here. I don't, do they have a PPA over there? We used to, it all folded. We had an AIPP, which folded, unfortunately. Okay. But do you know, you know what I'm talking about when I say the PPA? So, you know, there's a local chapter that's actually like an hour and a half away from me is the closest, which is crazy to me that I live in Chicago and there's not one in Chicago, but whatever. You can start one. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm going to something in three days for them. And I'm like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be that guy that raises this at every meeting, but whatever. <laughs> but I go to everything that they do. And I've started to also do workshops and stuff. I never, at least right now, don't come to a business workshop if I ever made one, because I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to business. But when it comes to lighting and making like the headpieces that you see, I make those. So I like currently right now I'm doing like a headpiece workshop, right? So I'm trying to get people to come in and basically you pay a fee, you come in, everything's here. And I teach you how to make a headpiece and you leave with it. And now you know how to make a headpiece, right? So I'm using my other skills to try and fill the holes where photography is lacking right now. So when you go to Chamber of Commerce or you run a, you know, a program on making these headpieces, are you trying to convert those people into clients or you just want them to scream your name from the rooftops? Well, currently, so I'm trying to think of who would really like to be photographed the way I shoot and would be able to afford it. So right now I'm exploring more like medical spas, like injectable Botox places and things like that. And just today I reached out to my chamber of commerce about it and they sent out a few emails introducing me to area medical spas and stuff. And I have a call with one tomorrow morning now. So, you know, I'm not necessarily looking for them to hire me because like every other photographer, I do headshots, but I don't, I don't love headshots. Right. So that's not, that's not where my passion lies. There's better headshot photographers in Chicago that just focused on headshots. So I really, you know, every once in a while I'll get a headshot in, but what I want is for you to come in for your headshot, see all this other stuff and say, Oh, I would really actually like to come in for that. I've also been kind of toying around with doing branding photos 
in this vanity it has fair money style coming in versus that it can the, distribute you know, to my argument is always you don't need to be in a white room profit? on a bright couch right? smiling. Like, you know, that doesn't have to be your branding photo. So we'll see what happens. And that's when the chamber kind of is helping with that, is getting me in front of those kind of businesses. Right. So just tell me, I haven't heard that. So you're a member of the Chamber of Commerce. You contact them. You say, can you put me in touch with a Botox clinic, for example? Yep. And so is the Botox clinic, do they have someone that's in the Chamber of Commerce or someone just reaches out to a company and says, hey, this is us. I want to introduce Josh. Oh, no. It's So they look for other chamber members. So I could reach out and say any industry that I want. And I can say, hey, uh, let's say restaurants. Hey, can you introduce me to any restaurant that you think would fit this? And then they'll send an email introducing me and saying, hey, here's his work. I think you guys would really work well together. I'm kind of going to leave it to you now. And so that's the chamber's been great for that. That's amazing. That's so good. Okay. And is that different or similar to the BNI group? Do you have that in America too? We do. Yeah, I was just invited to... I don't know, two different ones, maybe. Um, BNI groups a little different just because there's at least the BNI groups that I've guested at. There've been, I think, maybe 15 people tops where at the chamber, it's hundreds, if not thousands of businesses, depending on the size of your chamber. And so you can and it's not just one person. It's the whole business has the chamber membership. So you'll get different people coming to different meetings, which maybe if you didn't vibe with one person from that business, but this other person comes in and you find out you're from the same hometown and, you know, you never know. So those meetings have been, have been pretty great. Well, okay. So if I look at everything you've shared so far, I certainly wouldn't describe you as the struggling artist because you're past that, right. but you're still looking for everyone to discover and find you and, and see your work so they can fall in love with it and book you. So, and you, you know, you're on the road up, you're, you're going up the staircase. So what begs the question is why start the tween esteem project? Like, why aren't you putting all your effort into the business instead of doing these giveaways? Well, so I'll give you the story. So I was doing this in my small studio and a friend of a friend, a friend of a friend's goddaughter was kind of looking to be an extra, right? Or wanted to experience what it's like to be an extra. We have a lot of movies and shows that film in Chicago. And so her godmother wanted to bring her to just get headshot, like actor headshots done and just kind of experience a little bit what it would be like. She didn't want to pay what I was charging because it it was just for fun. So I had a friend come in to take those shots and I was just kind of sitting around the studio talking to the godmother. So she was doing her headshots and the godmother was telling me how, you know, she's been struggling a lot with her self-esteem and, you know, school's been hard and, you know, very shy, things like that. And just on a spur of the moment thing, I said, you know, her name was Emmy, the young girl. I said, why don't you bring Emmy back in? We'll do a full portrait session on me. We'll just do one. Let's just help kind of see what this does for her. She came in, did the shoot, and it was great. I mean, she walked out of the shoot a different person, but they all do, right? So like, you're like, okay, it's just like any other portrait session. I sent the image to her. I mean, the godmother was crying. The images, I sent her many images. Godmother was crying. Emmy, apparently, um, I wasn't there for that, but apparently, Emmy, when she saw it, she was in a bad mood and she was showing the photo and then she got a lump in her throat and was trying not to cry. And... Eventually, what it turned into is 
Emmy's a different person now. She ran for school office. She just carries herself differently. I get uh, texts from her godmother every once in a while just saying, you know, if you think she's over this, you're wrong. She wrote a little paragraph about me at school of somebody who made a difference in her life. And just, you know, things like that are just like super emotional. And I didn't realize how much that would affect me. And when I saw this and, you know, I'm a dad of teenagers as well. So I've seen my teens go through similar things where, you know, especially in the age of social media and we just went through COVID and like their self-esteem and and confidences were all over the place. And I just thought this would be great to do for kids. So I just started offering it as a package, a paid package. I would get people that came in, but they were always the same people, which were, you know, wealthy kids from the suburbs. And I knew, especially in a city like Chicago, There's so many kids here that need this that would never be able to afford me. So how do I do this? And I was talking to a mentor and she said, you know, what you should do is look for sponsors. I thought that's a great idea. And, you know, McDonald's is based here and the YMCA is based here and things like that. And so I'm like, okay, great. This is going to be awesome. I'll pitch to businesses, but I don't know how to do that. So we reached out to another friend. And he's a fundraiser. And so I met with him just for like a drink. And he said, you're making it way too hard on yourself. Start a nonprofit. And I said, I didn't even know you could just start a nonprofit. And sure enough, you can. And we bought tweenesteam.org that night. And then we found out all the other stuff you actually had to do to start a nonprofit, you know? And like we got our 501c3 in April, I think. But it took about eight or nine months to get that. And we've trademarked tween esteem, but it's like in two weeks, we will get like more information about it. It's been a year and a month so far from that. And just everything takes forever. But so we decided to go ahead and start this nonprofit. And I made a, a commitment to shoot 25 kids this year. And it was all for free. I would donate 25 sessions. And my wife is donating all her time as the executive director. But what we're doing is kind of treating it like the tween esteem project is hiring Josh Beaton photography, right? I'm just a contractor. And because of that, I'm just donating right now. But moving forward, now that we've done 25 kids, moving forward, now we arranged a payment now. So like I said, going forward next year, I'll be getting paid for every um, photo shoot we do. But it's all grant and donor funded. Right. So, and and we're being as transparent as possible. This isn't just give me business. This is, we pay the makeup artists, we pay um, the stylists. We like, it's a whole team that comes together to do this. And we also want to make this expand across the country in the next few years. So we'd have a photographer in Houston or a photographer in Baltimore, and they would get paid as well. And it's just, We had one year under our belt. We learned a lot of things. Um, So it's a lot of things are changing um, in January, but um, the base of it is helping these kids and and watching these kids come in as a whisper. I mean, one girl in particular came in and she whispered like, oh, so thank you so much. And by the end, she was dancing and talking loud. And I mean, they're different kids. And when we saw them, um, I'm sorry, this is like a diatribe I'm going on here. But and like I said, we had our gallery show just a few weeks ago. And at this gallery show, all these kids had seen these images already. I sent them the digital images. They got them. They could do whatever they want with them. They've seen them. But at the gallery show, they came in and they were 24 by 36 framed 
canvases donated by pro prints. They're amazing. And these kids walked in to pictures they've already seen with their draws on the floor and their moms were crying. And, and I couldn't understand it at first. Like what, what's you guys have seen these already. But what I realized is these kids have never seen themselves in print or at least not to this size. I mean, it, it was such an impact, not only on them, but on me just to watch this happen, that it really changed how I thought about people needing these images for their homes. Yeah. Plus they're out in public, the, these big, massive prints. It's not just in someone's home in an album. Right. And we didn't do this just in like my studio or whatever. We rented an art gallery, a legit art gallery. And it was an event. We had people there. We had a bar, like we had a whole like event with it. And it was just amazing. We had a churro cart for the kids. It was great. <laughs> so, all right, I've got a thousand questions. I'll try and limit it. But so a nonprofit, that's still, it's a registered business. It can, it, it has money coming in that it can distribute to its contractors, but it can't show profit. Is that right? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. We're going to finish up in just a second. I guess before I ask you my last question, what, uh, where's the best place for the listener to see more of your work and the Tween Esteem Project? Sure. Well, for me, um, my website is joshbeaton.com, nice and easy, and or Instagram, which is joshbeatonphoto. Um, and then with Tween Esteem, it's tweenesteem.org is the website and Tween Esteem is the Instagram. And those are the best places to find us both. I'll add links to all those in the show notes so listeners can easily find you. Also have some images to accompany the audio, which are incredible. Final question, which, which might be a tough one for you. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Just what you love, eh? Hey? <laughs> which side of the... I don't, I want to call it businesses. Which which business are you more passionate about? Is it Josh Beaton Photography or is it Tween Esteem? That's what you're going to hit me with at the <laughs> end here, huh? Well, so, <laughs> hmm. Okay, let's see. How do I word Just this? pretend your wife is not listening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's always listening. <laughs> um, no, so right now I have to be more passionate about Josh Beaton Photography just as a business. But, and and let me tell you, like doing that gallery show, you get kind of caught up. It's like planning a wedding, right? You just get caught up and it's like overwhelming. And then you finally have the event and you're like, God, I just want this to be over with. And then you see these kids come in and you're just like, oh yeah, that's, that's what this was all about. So the nice thing is seeing these kids react that way. That's how my clients react at Josh Beaton Photography too, like the adult clients. So that whole passion kind of plays into each other, right? So I'm passionate about the Tween Esteem Project because of what it does for the kids. But I'm also passionate about Josh Beaton Photography because it does that same thing for adults. And especially that you don't know how many adults have come up to me and said, God, I wish I had Tween Esteem as a kid. Like that, that is what I've always needed. And I can see it happening even when they're 40 years old, right? You can see them come in one way and leave a different person. So um, I guess if I had to give one specific answer, it would be Josh Wheaton photography. No, yeah, I wasn't going to push you that hard, but that, that is a great answer. And look, listening to you and, and the way you describe both separate businesses I can see how easy it would be to get caught up with a tween esteem project because you've got the gallery show, you're seeing the kids' tears, the families are praising you. I mean, it's, it must feel incredibly satisfying and rewarding. But yeah, I, 
And I forgot that you get the same though at Josh Beaton Photography with the older women. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And you really, you don't realize it. I, I didn't realize it until I did tween esteem. And when I, I saw myself reacting to how the kids reacted and then realizing, well, that's exactly the same way that everybody reacts when they get their portrait taken and not just by me, right? When they get their portrait taken by anybody, it's so important portrait photography as a whole. I know we're getting into the AI age and, and you know, whatever, there's a hundred arguments to be had there, but when somebody comes in, no, no matter how confident they are about themselves, you know, no matter how many selfies they've taken and they think they look great and all this stuff when they walk in, when they leave or when they actually are presented with their work, they've never seen themselves like that. People don't have this done every year or anything. You know, this isn't your average Christmas holiday shoot or, you know, whatever Mother's Day shoot. It is something that everyone really needs to have done at some point just to remind themselves that, you know, they're, they're works of art, really. That's true. That's true. 12 months time, <laughs> we, we chat again. In a perfect world, where do you see Josh Beaton Photography and the Tween Esteem Project? Sure. Um, well, I'll start with Tween Esteem. Tween Esteem Project, I would love to see in the next, say, three years nationwide. I would love to see us have 25 to 30 cities where I'm more of, uh, we still do a Chicago one, but it's more of a creative director role type, type thing where I just go around and make sure, you know, we would pick the photographers to, to work with, obviously, and make sure, you know, they check all the boxes that we need and just being able to know that we have a tween esteem Baltimore and we have a tween esteem Dallas and, you know, I'm making up cities here, you know, I don't know where we'd go, but um, just knowing that this isn't just happening in Chicago, it's very important for us selfishly to do it in Chicago because, you know, we've started this and, and it's so great, but I want to see this nationwide. And we've had people reach out from uh, England and, and wherever just saying, Hey, how can I do this where I am? And um, my answer is always, well, we have it trademarked, but you can, um, you know, I encourage people to do this on their own, of course, like if you can, but it's a lot of work. And really, we're going to be building this program ourselves and we can just sort of hire you. You know, you can do that without all the legwork that we're doing. So start your campaigns wherever city, whatever cities you're in to help kids. That's great. I encourage it. I'm not scared of the the competition. I'm doing air quotes here because, you know, that's not competition, right? If we helped a thousand kids a year, that's still not even close to how many kids need to be helped. So, you know, I encourage everyone to help all the teens and tweens in their their area. Now, selfishly with Josh Beaton Photography, I, I mean, this year is an important year for me because like, I don't think I can do another year of not really making it right. So, um, I, I mean, I see, I just need a little, I don't know if it's a little luck or a little karma or something just to get in front of the right people. And I think then it will just kind of take care of itself and, and become a snowball down a hill. But, um, I'm just looking for that one little spark. Oh, yeah. So hopefully I find it soon. Amazing. Josh, mate, I've got to say, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. I appreciate how honest and open you've been. It's been fantastic to hear about both businesses or projects. And uh, 
I'm so I'm so glad Kerry reached out and um, and said, "Hey, go and check out this Josh guy. He's doing amazing stuff." Because you really are. So yeah. thank you so I'm much. I'm gonna have to reach out to her and uh, say thank you. I didn't know that at all. It's a he. So yeah. Oh he. Yeah. Oh jeez. Yeah. I'm so now I feel really stupid. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Josh, mate, thank well, you so much. Then I'll reach much. out to him. Yes. Yeah. I'll I'll put you in touch. But mate, thank you so much. Honestly. Thank you. It's it's on. It's been a real pleasure, and I'm not just saying that. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Josh as much as I did. Josh, if you are listening, I said it before, your photography is amazing. Thank you so much for coming on, for sharing everything you did. I, I learned a ton. I'm sure the listener did as well. And we, we are wishing you every success with the Tween Esteem Project and, and your photography business as well. I can't wait to, like I said, get you back on in 12 months' time and get a, an update on how everything is playing out for you. For you, the listener, I hope I'm right in saying there were a ton of takeaways. If you do have a follow-up question for Josh, I'll be adding him into the members Facebook group so you'll have easy access to him there if you are a premium member. If not, you can hit him up via email or in his socials. I've got links to anything and everything he mentioned and where you can find him in the show notes of today's episode. And this week they're at photobizx.com forward slash 551. Alrighty, that is going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. I hope you have an amazing week ahead. Big thanks again to Josh for coming on, sharing what he did. Don't forget to go and check out the upcoming sales course registration page. It's at photobizx.com forward slash sales. And if you do have any questions about that, you can send me an email or hit me up on Messenger. The email is andrew at photobizx.com. Alrighty, have an amazing week. Stay safe, healthy and well and I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest.